Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I tried everything. Prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, you name it. Plus a couple of less productive approaches. After two decades of coming up short, I realized I was focused on the wrong thing. Instead of trying to fill those holes in my heart, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more worthy goal. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it to myself. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path. Today, I'm chatting about a post called The Way We Look at Things. Pre-COVID, when I was working in Washington, D.C. daily, I was unable to get from my train stop downtown to my office building without tripping on members of the homeless population. Especially in the early morning, individuals were seen curled up, spread out, and clinging to their belongings if they had any. Most slept on collected cardboard boxes, and sadly, some just on the pavement. There were a lucky few who had obtained some form of a blanket to lay on or help shield them from the cold. I was always fascinated by the practice I noticed of pre-sleep shoe-slash-boot removal. Men in particular had a common ritual of removing their footwear and placing neatly right next to them their shoes or boots the way that we would place them in our own closet. Given my propensity to see myself in others and them in me, this walk to my building was a constant reminder of possibilities and not the warm and fuzzy kind. My brain would flood with the idea that it could be me laying there if the circumstances of my life had been different. Also see the post entitled Birth Lottery on the website, lisamcfarland.com. Talks a little bit more about this. I don't take those possibilities for granted for one second. Instead of seeing the human suffering as sad or depressing, I tried to see it as an opportunity for me to practice generosity. I began a daily practice of finding ways to be present to these strangers. I made an effort to look them in the eyes when I could and to say hello when appropriate. Sometimes I would think or softly whisper the words, quote unquote, God is there, to leave them with a loving prayer as we intersected for a sh- few short seconds. I also started keeping loose dollar bills in my coat pocket and sometimes in my gloves when it was freezing. I would take a certain amount of money, like $20 or $30 a month, and keep it ready at hand in $1 bills, so if someone asked for money, I could easily give it and keep moving. Instead of seeing my co-humans as a stress trigger, because as an empath I can't not see them, 
I was able to recognize their presence as a chance to be kind. Instead of dodging certain streets or parks where there were large homeless populations, I began (laughs) bringing Costco bulk protein bars in and placed them on the park benches. I was always thrilled when there was already a case of granola or breakfast bars there, knowing another one of my co-humans had the same idea. I started truly looking forward to this part of my morning. One year on my birthday, I took $100 in 5 to $10 bills and put it in my pocket. Each time I saw a chance to give, I gave. I recall putting $20 in the nearly frozen clenched fist of an elderly woman sleeping in a doorway to shield herself from the cold wind. My heart warmed when I thought about how she might feel when she woke up and found it in her hand. To quote Wayne Dyer, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at begin to change. Giving a dollar or two here or there does not make anyone rich, and it doesn't make me poor. But for a few moments, on most weekday mornings, I enjoyed the practice of giving what I could and letting that be enough. I felt good. I hoped they felt good. And I know strangers simply observing these acts felt good because I would often hear someone behind me say, you're so kind, or you're a really good person. Over the years, I was able to take a scenario that brought me stress, aka seeing a homeless person and feeling helpless and turned it into a win-win and sometimes a win-win-win situation just by changing the way I looked at it and subsequently how I reacted to it. Over time, this has evolved into more of a generosity practice in the outskirts of Washington, D.C., where I live in Maryland. I keep small bills in my car console and protein bars under the passenger seat. Instead of dodging humans at stoplights, begging for help, I intentionally move toward them, and I give what I have in my stash and keep going. On a really generous day, I might even give cash and protein bars. (laughs) We need to constantly challenge our viewpoints and perceptions. Our brains are so efficient and they're very effective computers. They're malleable and also faithful to what we ask of them. If we look for terror, our brain finds terror. If we look for miracles, our brain finds those too. When I tell myself and my brain that seeing a homeless person is a reminder that I have so much and others have so little, and I want to save everyone, but I can't, I experience the quote-unquote homeless situation as a major stressor. When I tell my brain that seeing a homeless person is an opportunity for me to become more of who I am, I feel gratitude and I feel connection. If you're so inspired, choose something on your stressful list and challenge it. See if you can look at it differently. Notice if when you change the way you look at things, they begin to look different. Try to identify alternative actions to switch things up. And of course, let us know how it goes at lisamcfarland.com. So if you listen to the podcast regularly or read um, anything online at lisamcfarland.com, you probably know that generosity is one of my favorite topics. Um, It's a major lever that we can pull that just 
enriches our own life experience and connection. Um, and it's also just an opportunity to, to be a good human. So I do love to talk about generosity. Um, and in this specific case, it just really, I would always find like if I pulled up to a corner intersection and there was someone there, I would just instantly feel their pain. I know not everyone experiences this, but having empathy as a, a major player in my psyche, um, it's just always been hard for me as a child you know, I felt guilty that my family could afford braces for my teeth when there were other kids who couldn't. Or if I had a warm jacket and saw someone cold, it's just part of my DNA. But this was really a chance to turn it around. And so I looked forward to seeing them instead of dreading it because it was, you know, so heavy and such a heavy way to start my day to see people cold or, you know, laying on the pavement. So, yeah, I encourage you to take a situation that might not be real personal to you, but that is stressful and see if you can flip it. See if you can turn it into an opportunity to become more of who you are, um, whatever that might look like. And again, love to hear your comments and feedback at the website, lisamcfarland.com. So thanks again for checking out this episode of The Healing Path. And until next time, stay present, stay grateful and stay healing. And of course, as always, thanks so much for listening.